the Good Fight Podcast. It's been a while since we've uh, been with you, and we have some kind of exciting news to share. And and uh, I, for one, am real excited to be back. And some of the changes that we've talked about, uh, very excited to tell you about and then try to implement. Yep, absolutely. It is great to be back. Um, and Brian and I have been talking about this kind of new format for a little while now, and um, we're really excited to, to roll it out, and hopefully uh, everybody enjoys it, and I know we are definitely looking forward to doing yeah. it. Basically, we realized that for each episode, we were trying to kind of go a little bit in, in depth uh, as much as you can in one episode on, on one topic, and we just realized that, uh, that the prep time for that uh, it was so extensive and really we're, we weren't even inventing any wheels. We were just trying to, to synthesize other stuff. So we're just thinking we, it, it's going to be a lot more about more issues and more resources and just maybe just uh, like a more of a conversation on Denver's and my part about that. Yeah. And that, that's kind of the big focus is just, we want it to be a conversation and then, you know, you, the listener are just listening in on to that conversation and so, like Brian said, we're not going to go too much in depth on these types of things. Um, but, I mean, everybody has the chance to, to do their own research. And so we will provide those types of resources if you do feel so inclined uh, to dig deeper. Yeah. So, uh, and, and we've kind of thought about how uh, kind of reinforce what our goal is. And we kind of come up with this, that uh, we, we're, we want to go about informing and empowering truth seekers to take their place in the good fight. So uh, informing and empowering. Yep. And I, I, I have always loved um, uh, good fight as our, as our name. Um, it, it represents so much. And now having that kind of slogan, you know, just kind of reinforces that. And I'm, you know, truth is one of my favorite words. If I had to pick it probably mm. in my top three favorite words. Nice. <laughs> so um, yeah. Yep. Well, that'd be an interesting discussion someday, what our favorite words are. So I like that. So maybe a, a lightning round type of thing. Something come. like that. Well, we've got uh, quite a bit to present, but we hope it will be enjoyable. And uh, we really would love to know what you think about it, too, at the end. But uh, we'll be, be right back with our first segment. Okay, and we are back. Um, and so th with this segment, we're going to start out um, talking about how close we are to the midterms. Um, and I'm kind of thinking about it as a race. Um, I, there was a brief stint that I had in middle school where I ran track. <laughs> and we were always taught that at the end of the race, you know, depending on what race it was, if it was a mile or whatever, at the end you sprint because um, you got to catch up. And so we are at that point in the midterm race where we have to start sprinting um, because we don't have much time left and uh, the race is, even though it kind of, it may seem a little far away, it's a lot closer than you might think. It always catches me by surprise as much as we don't like all the mail-in ballots and you know early voting and some things like that, that we got to get our act together a lot ahead of time, that, that a lot of people vote before election day and once they cast their ballot, that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, like like Brian said, that's another reason why time is of the of the essence. Um, so it, it's just coming up way way fast. Um, so now is the time to speak out and um, and and get the word out as much as we can. 
Yeah. So something I've always struggled with is who to support financially. And I, I don't want to just throw my money down a rat hole. Uh, and yet I want to kind of invest there. And and right now, sadly, I've come to the conclusion, my local races here in California, there may be one person, my congressman, Ken Calvert, that I might uh, want to support. But, um, you know, I want to support local people have a chance of winning. But then we also maybe have to think, especially for this election, about the the the, the game on a national basis. Yeah. And that's what you really have to have um, some thinking about, because, um, you know, like people like Brian who live in a very democratic area, California, it's hard to find people who have real shots at winning. And I think it does help a lot when you're able to have a national perspective on these types of things. Um, and there are some really tough races out there that, you know, uh, money is very important. Um, and so uh, there's just a couple uh, senators. And, and one that I'd like to start with is Dr. Oz. And Brian and I feel the same way on Dr. Oz. We don't love him. However, the person who he's going against, if he loses to him, that that's that's going to be a big issue. And uh, his name's John Fetterman. Um, and boy, oh boy, I don't know if you've listened to anything, um, you know, what he says or what he has done in the past. Um, but, you know, Dr. Oz not being, you know, our favorite candidate, we need Dr. Oz to win. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's that kind of thing the the retaking the Senate is vital. And it looks like that will happen with the House. And we have to pray about this, obviously. But that Senate, to me, that's worth spending some time and effort. So like uh, Denver said, Dr. Oz, but these are people that I am planning on, on, on giving to uh, very soon. So Herschel Walker in Georgia and Ron Johnson in Wisconsin and uh, J.D. Vance in Ohio and Adam Laxalt in uh, Nevada and uh, Blake Masters in Arizona. So those are, are races that are comp- are very winnable. They're tough races, uh, but I, I think it's important with all the money coming in on the other side, I, I'd love to be a part of that for the reason that the Senate's so important. Yeah, I would point everybody, um, if you have some extra time, uh, I did a we did a podcast uh, earlier in the summer about kind of where the tight races are going to be in what states. And so if you want an idea on, on that, uh, go back an episode or two and and listen to that. I'll put the link to that in our uh, resources too, because Denver, that was a really good, uh, that was a really good thing. So, Thanks. and uh, we talk about what issues to emphasize. And I wish I've heard so many people say, let's try to keep Trump out of the conversation. The Mar-a-Lago raid, we can talk about that later, but we got to just hammer crime, the border, the economy and energy. Those kinds of things are, are the things that are affecting everybody. Yeah. And those are all the issues that really separate the two parties. Um, so, and, you know, whether we elect a Democrat or a Republican, it's kind of an all or nothing thing. There's no candidates anymore, really, that, you know, uh, are willing to, to work with the other side. And, and that's kind of unfortunate. Maybe that's a podcast for another day. But that's why these races are so important. Yep. And before we go to break, I just it also realized it's and it gives us a lot of hope. There are wonderful rising stars out there, young, articulate, enthusiastic conservatives, both men and women. And I've just been real impressed. Uh, we're recording this on the on the Tuesday, the New Hampshire primary. Uh, Carolyn Levitt uh, is a 25 year old uh, conservative. She's in a primary. Uh, the mainstream Republicans are dumping all kinds of money to try to defeat her, but she is really something. And I think her way, race is winnable. And I, I'd love to see that. She'd be the youngest Congresswoman ever elected to Congress. 
So be, well, be very cool. I sure like, I like to see that. That's good. <laughs> All right. Take a little break. We'll be back with uh, some other topics. We're back, and uh, here's one of the differences. We're going to try to hit uh, at least three uh, other topics uh, with this segment in just a little bit. But then please go to the resources because there's some great stuff. Uh, it seems like with lots of water into the bridge since the uh, FBI raid of, of Mar-a-Lago. Uh, unprecedented. It's got many ominous implications. Uh, and like, like we mentioned in the last segment, not worth making a whole lot out of in terms of the midterm elections because it'll be a distraction. But it's really interesting to think about how, uh, in, in light of 9-11, even how the, even the government's power to do that uh, might have come from our kind of overreaction after 9-11. I think the United States has a history of overreacting, um, unfortunately. And this is probably uh, one of those examples, unfortunately. And like Brian said, it's unprecedented. And it it sets a bad precedent for the future. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've heard other people say, and I agree, I, at the time I was in favor of the Patriot Act. I thought, yeah, you know, we got to really get things organized and get things together. Uh, and, and like so many uh, Republicans have been complicit in it. But um, wow, in that, in that zeal, we've created a monster that we got to try to contain now. Yeah. And the, the timing of it was all very interesting as well. Um, and you know, we're, we're going to see if this has any impact on the midterms. I really hope it doesn't. And I think from a Republican strategy standpoint, we need to keep Trump out of it. We need to keep the raid, you know, we need to keep it all down and focus on the issues we just mentioned uh, in the last segment. Yeah. I think we even brought up in terms of COVID back then we, we sacrificed too much Liberty in the name of security. And, and uh, like in COVID, uh, we sacrifice liberty for safety. And uh, we've got to be careful that I think we've mentioned before that liberty is a much higher value and something that we have much more to do with than uh, our, our safety or security. So it's good to keep in mind on that topic. Yep. I think um, I just looked up this quote because I wanted to make sure, but I wanted to bring it up. That Benjamin Franklin once said, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. So let's remember yep. that. And for all of you good fighters out there, uh, that that's a really good thing to talk about people is what's the higher value, liberty or safety? And that that's a great conversation. And that, uh, that will tell a lot about people's thought processes and we can get them thinking about that. It's a good thing. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Here's our second topic. Uh, if you haven't heard about ranked choice voting, uh, it's becoming more of an issue, and it's had uh, quite a real effect in in our uh, our midterm elections, even. And uh, I, I've I've never been a Sarah Palin fan, uh, but that's one of the things that kept her as a conservative from being able to uh, get a seat in uh, Alaska politics. Yeah, basically what. What ranked choice voting does is it helps the second choice candidate, the B ranked candidate. Um, and so I, I'm sure a lot of you know who uh, Andrew Yang is, um, but he is a big proponent of this ranked choice voting. And no wonder, because he's not, you know, a number one candidate. He's not an A candidate. 
Yeah. Uh, it, uh, and I, all of our resources are so good, <laughs> but if you look, only look at one, it might be this one. There's a, an article from heritage foundation that really, um, uh, clarifies this as with all this stuff. It's well thought out. Uh, it's not knee jerk stuff, but here, here are the things it points out at ranked choice voting. Number one, ranked choice voting is a scheme to disconnect elections from issues and allow candidates with marginal support from voters to win. Like Denver said, the, all the B and C rate candidates, it's to their advantage for this to happen because it helps eliminate the ones that are, are, are better. This, uh, number two, it says it obscures true debates and issue-driven dialogues among candidates and eliminates genuine binary choices between two top-tier candidates. It blurs the whole picture, and it it uh, it, it makes it much easier for uh, for confusion to be sown and some mediocre person to get in. Yeah, and the so, third. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Denver. No, I, I was just gonna say I I just don't understand it. Um, but continue. <laughs> yes, well, it, it's just very much part of the sowing of confusion to try to. Uh, keep good people, especially conservatives, uh, out of it. Third thing is it also disenfranchises voters because ballots that don't include the two ultimate finalists are cast aside to manufacture a false majority for the winner. So read the article. It'll, it'll explain that. And uh, on, on the surface, it sounds good. Well, yeah, that's fair. I'd like, you know, if I don't get my first choice, I'd like my second choice. But that's not what ends up happening. And just it becomes one of those emotional arguments that we're trying to get people to uh, to recognize and know better not to fall for. Yep, exactly. You know, if you look at it from the surface and you if you listen to Andrew Yang and what he tells you, it sounds great. But if you uh, dig into it and read um, read the article that's in the resources, you'll find out for yourself that it's not, you know, something that we should go for. Yep. And once again, good fighters, it's one of our jobs to, to deflect people from emotional arguments and get them interacting with what is the truth and get them thinking. Yep. That's what we want to do. So our, our last, um, uh, one thing that we want to talk about in this segment is the queen's death. Um, she was 96 years old, uh, 70 years of, of rain, um, uh, over there, uh, across the pond. Um, and so, um, now we, uh, you know, have a lot to think about and there's been kind of a lot of talk about, um, you know, about the queen's death and, um, if it's, you know, po a positive thing, but. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think uh, the, the talking about those various things, I mean, for, for me, and, and I've heard others say that uh, it's real interesting and surprising the effect that her death has had on some of us emotionally. And uh, Clay and Buck that kind of took over for uh, Rush Limbaugh, I mean, they're, they're in their 40s, so they're a lot younger than I am, but they were even talking about that. I mean, they're into history and all that and, and great conservative thinkers, but it's real interesting. Sometimes we, we don't realize how much we're, we're leaning on, on, a, on, on a pillar or a support until it gets knocked out from underneath us. And uh, just is interesting to think about that on an emotional basis. And what yeah, she I represented. Have, yeah, I have some, some good friends who... Um, uh, some of them were born in England and, um, you know, they're, um, in their forties and fifties and, you know, it was pretty emotional for them. Uh, so, yeah. uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's understandable. 
And if you've listened to any of the news on the, the liberal side, I'm sure you've heard that, uh, you know, some people saying, well, her death is good riddance. And, you know, the, the British colonial racist uh, uh, influence were finally rid of, uh, of that. And um, just a couple of really good resources to, to think balance wise. I mean, you can talk about a lot of, of, of negative things about that. But I think there's a really good argument that the, that that uh, that the fact of the British Empire um, uh, influencing other other nations and cultures with a, a Western understanding and really a, in, in, in all the good ways, a biblical understanding of providing order, the rule of law. Uh, there's a good argument that it's a net positive for many of those nations, if not all of them. And so uh, there's some good resources up that make a good argument for that. Yeah, and, and kind of on somewhat the same topic or the same region, um, uh, what has happened recently, uh, Liz Truss, the new prime minister um, over there. And, um, you know, I don't know too much about her, but I know that... Um, you know, she was, she's a pretty big Boris Johnson supporter. And, um, so we'll see what she can do, but you know, she, from what I have heard, I haven't, you know, researched her too much, but she seems uh, like a pretty conservative individual. So we'll have to see. Well, and we'll pray that, uh, that'll be the case and that she will be very bold. Uh, maybe an- another iron lady. yep hopefully all right we'll be back with our final segment and uh look forward to talking in just a second And we are back. Um, and for this segment, we just kind of want to remind everybody, you know, uh, where we stand on on a couple of issues. And um, we here at Good Fight, um, we're big on on unity, and especially unity in the church. And I think unity in the church kind of sets the foundation for us um, for where we can go in politics. Um, and you know, I believe that our politics should flow from our theology. And um, and, and so that's kind of the main thing here. But it, like I said, it, it starts in the church. And um, there are some issues that we have. We have some, some bad apples that are, as pastors teaching some, uh, putting out some false teachings. Um, and so we have to recognize that, call that out, not, to be, not be afraid to call that out, and be bold to do that. Yeah. And it's a good thing to remember that, that, that we do want to have unity. And yet, as, we, as I look at that, some of my personal Bible study has taken me through Ephesians a number of times recently. And I was coming upon chapter four, uh, where it talks about the unity of the spirit. But in there, it talks about our unity being based on the truth. And so, uh, I mean, and, and it's, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And so we want to, that's the main thing we need to be unified in is the gospel of our salvation through his sacrifice for us and his death on the cross uh, and forgiveness of our sins. Uh, And yet, where do we go from there in in terms of the unity? And so one of the things I've realized, I want to point out that we, that we as, as believers in churches, we're involved in policy, in politics, no matter what, either by our action or our inaction. And that's the first thing that we've got to acknowledge. Yeah, and, and I think if we're going to call ourselves Christians and we're going to say that we are committed uh, to the truth in the Bible, then we need to not only you know talk like it, but we need to live like it. 
Um, and I think that's what's kind of getting lost. Yeah, and, and articulate how our politics, like you said earlier, Denver, is going to flow downstream from our theology. And so it, it comes to the point where, uh, you know, in Revelation, it talks about uh, being lukewarm and not wanting to do that, that God would rather have us be hot or cold. And I mean, I, I would almost, I almost respect a church more who is going to do the whole woke thing and try to justify that liberation theology and all that stuff that, that takes it away from that, that uh, personal thing. I'd almost rather have that. I think it's a more clear enemy, so to speak, ide ideologically, than a church is kind of lukewarm and the pastor just isn't going to talk about it because it's so divisive. And if people aren't going to get some of that information and connect those dots through their pastor and through through the scriptures, they're going to get it someplace else. And that that's not a good thing. And it's important to remember that, you know, we're not perfect. We can't be perfect, um, but we can follow a perfect God. And, and that's kind of the whole idea here is we are striving to be perfect, but we aren't perfect and we are going to have faults and we're going to, you know, be fall short sometimes. Um, but it's I, I I always like the idea of following uh, somebody who is perfect. Yeah, and and <laughs> yes, well, that's that certainly isn't because that's not why we're having an association with me. So, and uh, I'm sure you'll. <laughs> of course have, not. There's an amen. Yeah, amen. <laughs> not. And and I I really want to have a dialogue with anybody of goodwill, anybody who truly loves Jesus. I I want to talk to, and yet there's some there's some things and ideas and and sides out there are are mutually exclusive, and there there are really two two battle lines that are drawn, far as I can see, and I I want to talk about that, but you know if we have to di agree to disagree on some of that stuff, I guess that's fine, uh, but. Uh, also, there are truly false teachers out there that are teaching in the name of Jesus that by our scriptural mandate, we have to identify and on purpose not associate with. So it, it's messy. And if you're not a believer, we, we want this podcast to be, uh, you know, good, good for you, too. But these are some of the issues that we as as believers are grappling with. And we take that seriously. We don't want to be divisive, but we have to speak the truth as as we feel like God has revealed it to us. And that's that's uh, very evident in this uh, election cycle in many other ways. Yes, and so let's let's make it a point to pray, all of us, uh, to be bold in that, to be bold uh, to pray for the people uh, who don't know Jesus, to pray for the people who do know Jesus, to pray for the people who want to know Jesus more, um, because that relationship is the most important relationship any person is going to have in their entire life. Yeah, uh, there's a sermon in our resources uh, from Jack Hibbs this last Sunday on 9-11 that I'd commend to you, just talking about the perspective of, of even God's judgment on, on the United States and, and uh, you know, what that looks like. And God has said he's got to judge certain things. And so that's good to keep in mind, too. And yet he he's hopeful just like the rest of us. We don't know what God's up to, and we have to be faithful. And that's what Denver and I are trying to do here and encourage you to do, that the the you look around there, the noose is tightening on us and our freedoms, and God is still going to be in control if that happens, but we still have an opportunity to speak out, and and I, for one, I'm sure you agree, Denver, I, I want to do that with God as my witness. If, if everybody else is displeased, I want him to be pleased. Absolutely. That's our goal. Yep. Just encourage you to, to we got to change our daily routine. Even if you listen to one of these resources, whether it's from us or somebody else, one a day. 
uh, or more to help inform yourself that will really help you in your raising your awareness uh, of, uh, of this. So uh, it's a good thing, and uh, we're going to keep up the good fight. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Okay, back in a second with our conclusion. I'm back for our conclusion. Denver had to go to class. He is back in school at uh, Southern Utah University. Wish him well for this year. So uh, I'll be doing the conclusion here and uh, wrapping it up. So this uh, this new format, if you if you found this stuff helpful, uh, spread it around, forward it, share it uh, in, in different places. And then please let us know what you think, if you've got suggestions or if any particular resource is helpful, or if you have other questions or things, topics that need to be, be brought up, uh, please let us know. Uh, above all, pray, pray and be in the word. That's the number one thing. Uh, and, and, and yet then uh, ask God what your role is to be, just like we're doing that. And our, and our new slogan is to, to inform and empower you to take your place in the good fight. And so uh, even if you influence one or two people, the, that's worth it. Uh, if you're a believer, be bold, share the gospel, speak up for what is right. Okay, The, the gospel and what we see are the, uh, the downhill uh, effects of that, even politically, they're not mutually exclusive. We've got to be open and willing to talk to people and 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 agree about things that are non-essentials or, or disagree about things that are non-essentials, perhaps. But uh, we've got to speak the truth and, and not be silenced uh, by those who would want to silence us because of the, of the nature of the truth that we're trying to put forth. Uh, if you're not yet a believer, um, of course, our, our message to you is that we want to present the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to you. Uh, and yet we're, we're glad if, you, if we're united with you uh, in a, your love for liberty and the desire to preserve and improve uh, the great blessing that our country has been to, to us and to the world, then uh, please, we're glad to have you on board with us for that as we uh, seek to live out and, and be winsome in our presentation of the gospel to you. So once again, let us know what you think. Uh, goodfight71 at gmail.com. And I conclude with a couple of quotes here. Uh, one from a, from a human, <laughs> a former president, uh, just who, even in 1919, uh, as early as that, really had the number of socialism and the, the bankrupt policies that it, it represents. So uh, here's the quote. Uh, it's from Hoover, Herbert Hoover, of all people. And uh, he really had this one nailed. He says, my conclusion is that socialism as a philosophy of human application has already bankrupted itself with rivers of blood and suffering to be an economic and spiritual fallacy. So that that's the, the first ses- sentence is the essence of it. So even as early, that was just a year after the whole Bolshevik revolution and really foreshadowed the, the whole, the, the, the Nazi manifestation of that, the Chinese manifestation of that, the Vietnamese, the North Korean, uh, all of that was yet ahead. And all that has done is prove these words of Herbert Hoover to be very, um, 
to be very prophetic. Uh, and now from a, a, a divine author, uh, from God, through his word, from uh, through the, the, uh, the hand of the Apostle Paul. And uh, let this be an encouragement for us. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, that's from 2 Timothy 1.7. Don't be afraid. Speak the truth. And then finally, from Psalm 56, I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? And that's the New Living Translation and something I need to take to heart very much as I contemplate uh, the, uh, that not everybody is going to receive uh, this well, and I've got to be ready to, to, to please God above all else. So God bless you. Let us know what you think, and we'll be back again. And uh, let us know what you like, what you think of the new format. Take care, everybody. Keep up the good fight.